This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, and welcome to Blurring the Lines podcast. Uh, this is episode number 84, and I'm your host, Adam Bell, and joining me always is my co-host, Peter Nicolaitis. How you doing, Peter? Fantabulous. How are you? <laughs> Fantabulous. I'm doing better. Uh, sound like you're doing better? I mean, since you were so bad, we couldn't even record last week. <clears throat> yep. Still a little bit of a cough. Day 12. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Or maybe it's 13 now. Yeah, it's been, it's been, it was last Saturday. I started with a sore throat and it's been moving up and down and all around. And yeah, it, it didn't keep you from trick or treating, did it? Um, I personally did not trick or treat, but I did man the front steps and guard the candy hordes and make sure that kids and little monsters and superheroes only took one. (laughs) Well, did you have, like, good candy that you only give them one? I mean, because we had, like, lesser candy, so I had to give them at least two. Oh, we had, you know, like, you know, single serving sizes of Whoppers and Reese's and M&M's, Peanut M&M's, Jolly Ranchers, uh, Sour Patch Kids. They were pretty, we're talking on average 30 to 70 calories per serving. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we were, so we bought bubble gum, or I didn't buy anything. Elizabeth bought bubble gum and uh, as well as the candy. So I had a bowl full of candy and then had like gum poured in there. And she bought this big bucket of bubble gum, like. 300 pieces or whatever double bubble i'm like i'm not ever going to eat any double bubble again in my life other than if i like just like oh i wonder what this yep still tastes the same (laughs) so i made sure that everybody got two pieces of gum and a candy (laughs) Uh, yeah she, she we had um we had one unopened bag at the end Mm -hmm. and and uh, my girlfriend asked me, like, what should I do with this? And I'm like, well, if you don't want to eat it, <laughs> it, it, it needs to go away. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> the last so, trick-or-treater gets a bag. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's like, oh, I can just turn, return it. I'm like, wonderful. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So that's where we left that. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Well, good. I'm glad you're feeling better. I uh, Man, I feel a ton better. Uh, I'm like, I'm like afraid to go work out now, though. Uh, oh. because I feel good <laughs> you, know? Ah. <laughs> you know it's like ah, this is, the, this is the first time I felt good since July I really don't want to mess that up <laughs> yes no I know that feeling well um, I two days ago went for the first time I uh, went out for a run which is my first real um, exercise in you know close to two weeks it was like 10 days <clears throat> and you know I was okay. I only did like a little over a mile and, you know, it was like nine, nine, nine minutes, 30 seconds or so. Mm-hmm. So not terrible, but you know, not, not great, but you know, decent. But for a single mile, I would have hoped that I could have done better, mm-hmm. but I was still coughing and wheezing a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then um, I went out for a short run yesterday uh, in between conference calls. And then I went to uh, yoga at the end of the day and then two hours of Krav Maga and Jiu-Jitsu after that. So, <laughs> and then and then went out for a beer with my buddies. So I'm hmm. back to pretty close to normal. Yeah. But still a little <clears throat> every now and then, you know, a little, little hoppering comes up here. But I, but I journaled it. I made, um, I haven't made an entry today, but I had a diary of my cold. Yeah. <laughs> 
because there's <laughs> seem to be like patterns, you know, uh-huh. like things. And uh, so, you know, like, what did I take for medicines? You know, like how I was feeling and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. maybe when this whole thing, you know, uh, goes away, I'll, I'll share it with our uh, listeners because it's <laughs> really fascinating. <laughs> well, and I didn't go to my uh, I didn't go to my uh, physical therapy on Wednesday because I, I only I only booked it just in case. I knew mm-hmm. last week I was good, so. so Excellent. I'm, I'm back. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna do CrossFit next week, and uh, I'm I'm going to take it on easy on anything back related. Uh, yes. Because I'm focusing on core, and I did core yoga this morning, and uh, I hated that little girl as she was. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, just do this, do it. You know, the planks on your elbows, and then I want you to rotate your hips around while you're on one leg. And she's making it look so easy, and sweat is pouring off of my face and down my chest. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And she's talking the whole time. I'm like, that's what impresses me about yoga instructors. They're doing the work while talking. Now re- release your face. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> 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 awesome yeah it's uh you know it's it's an art it's an art so, mm-hmm. and, and i'm learning this as i um you know I, I have another uh 20 hours of teacher training tonight and another 50 hours next week mm-hmm. so and i decided this year i'm going to um uh i'm going to um buy winter tires for my tesla really yes well, so I mean, everybody drove with snow tires when i was a kid up yeah, north so exactly so <laughs> i decided i will bite the bullet and that ought to um it, it ought to improve my uh my uh experience with the tesla this year what are you gonna do, do you have storage for the tires um i have to check some places will store them in the winter i don't know if town fair tire that's the chain i'm going to if they do that um, if not, I'll either, you know, like pile them in the back of my car and stuff them down in my basement. <laughs> now, now that my former roommate finally showed up two days ago and took his snow tires out of my basement. So he's finally gone. <laughs> he's got all his stuff out. Um, either that or I might run them up to my parents' place and just leave them up there. Because they've mm-hmm. got like, you know, 20 some odd acres and three storage sheds. And, mm-hmm. Are so. you going to are you going to take the rubber off the rim or are you going to buy a separate set of rims? I'm just going to take the rubber off the rims. Well, it's yeah. cheaper, but, you know, that... Because that's, like, so when I was a kid, we always had a complete spare set of tires. You know, my dad had this wall rack built in the wintertime. The yep. the radials went on the rack, and then you pulled them back off. And, and they were never, like, as nice as the summer tires, like the rims. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was just picturing those old those old tires with no hubcaps on your uh, on your Tesla. <laughs> oh, you got to take a picture of that. <laughs> some good old Chevy hubcaps on it. Too. Yeah. Oh no, no, you don't put hubcaps on. You just show the bolts. <laughs> hubcaps. What are those? Yeah. Hubcaps. That's what you put the nuts in while you're working on the car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Spooking like a hillbilly. <laughs> or maybe a redneck. I don't know. Oh, boy. <clears throat> so, what cool. Yeah, I just don't know if I need to, you know, is it really worth spending another four or 500 or more bucks on rims, you know? Mm. Yeah, I don't, I mean, it, if you if you did, I mean, if you had the money, obviously it'd make it a lot easier. Uh, and I don't know that, 
I don't know that the storage of the the rubber would be affected without having the rim on it. I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, because they sit. I mean, before you ever own them and put them on a rim, they're rimless for. I don't exactly. Know, however long. So, yeah. No reason to think that there'd be a problem. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so anyway, speaking of Tesla, <laughs> we got software update version nine out recently. That's so funny to hear. <laughs> my, my car's on version nine. I mean, yeah. is that the year? No, no, that's the software revision. Yeah. Oh, software. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my, my portable computer network, which now has two-factor authentication required before you can drive it. Oh, really? For real? For real. That's because, awesome. Well, you may have heard a few months ago, some hacker, <coughs> hackers released a uh, proof of concept where you can hack any... Um, any Tesla with a key fob earlier than uh, June of this year, I believe, mm -hmm. you can crack the wireless encryption in like three seconds. <laughs> nice. And spoof it and then, you know, like fake it as if you have the key fob and get in the car and drive away. <laughs> so the solution is either you buy new key fobs, and I can't remember, I think they cost like 80 or 100 bucks a piece or something. Mm-hmm. Or you can enable a pin, a four-digit pin on your car. <laughs> so I said, you know, given the fact that this thing, it's, you know, it's like a $75,000 car, I'm okay with having two-factor authentication oh, on my mm -hmm. car. You know, so like if I get mugged and someone steals my, my key fob, they can hop in the car and they can't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> So I enabled that, and I've had that on for a month or two now already. Um, but uh, the latest version, Elon Musk alluded to it a while ago, saying, oh, yeah, Autopilot's getting a massive upgrade. And and um, they also added uh, the Atari video games a while ago, <laughs> which I played one absolutely one time. And mm -hmm. I was like, sucks on a touchscreen? This is horrible. Yeah. Um, and then uh, they also added dash cam functionality. And uh, because, you know, the thing's surrounded by cameras, so why not make it a dash cam? Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you why not, because it doesn't freaking work. <laughs> <laughs> so they say that you should use as large a USB drive as you can. Now, back from my marketing days from a few years ago, I have like a plethora of two gig thumb drives. Uh-huh. So I formatted them, made a folder called Tesla Cam, as you're supposed to, and plugged it in. And lo and behold, it started working. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. A couple days later, it just stops working. And I had to format the hard the thumb drive again. Put okay. it back in, starts working. Okay, <laughs> a couple days later, same problem. Like, all right, well, I figured that that thumb drive must be trash, so I replaced it with another one. Same exact behavior. A couple days later, it doesn't work. It so works. I had this old, um, I had this uh, 64 gig flash drive. Uh -huh. I formatted that, put it in, doesn't even recognize it. Too big. <laughs> I had a 16 gig. I put that in. Doesn't recognize it. Too big. <laughs> Eight gig. I put it in. It doesn't recognize it. I had a four gig. I put it in. It worked for a few hours and then it stopped working. <laughs> so I called Tesla and their their regular phone support has been like really overwhelmed later. It's like, oh yeah, you know, your whole time is greater than 40 minutes. So I emailed them, and I don't know, like the last time I emailed them, it took them days to get back to me. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> so I have no idea when they'll get back to me, but I would hopefully hopefully soon, we can see. Mm -hmm. But um, 
They did add, uh, like I said, uh, the new um, navigation features. So now there's a new feature called Navigate on Autopilot. Okay. So it combines autopilot functionality with navigation functionality. And also will suggest the first kind of cool thing is if you're in multi lanes, like, you know, like a four lane highway, if it detects that the other lane is moving significantly faster, it will recommend that you switch lanes. Huh. Okay. So that's cool. And you can just tell it like, you know, I approve and it'll make the lane change for you. All right. That's kind of cool. And they have three different settings for that, too. Um, so you can, um, you can, you know, there's like slow average and Mad Max. <laughs> so, so like if, if you're in Mad Max mode, if, you know, if anybody is moving like just a whisker faster than you are, it will suggest, Hey, we should be over in that lane. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and they do, they state too, that, uh, your selection does not affect the safety of lane changes. So it's not like it's going to like make a change in the lane like mad max mm-hmm. it's just it would you know if you were mad max you'd want to be over in that lane yeah <laughs> let's go over there so I, I think they should have called the slow version like you know miss daisy or something but <laughs> yeah so um so there's that and then the other thing is what it's supposed to do <clears throat> is once you get onto the interstate system it's supposed to navigate you all around so interstate to interstate okay so Theoretically, um, from me, like I live less than a mile from I-93, if I'm going to the hospital up in you know, New Hampshire, I would get on the 89. So theoretically, on paper, what this is supposed to do is let me, as soon as I get onto the, to the, to the freeway, I say go, it should navigate and you know, like suggest all of the, 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 the turns and everything for me the whole way until I get up into New Hampshire, until, you know, like changing from I-93 to 89. Right. In the last couple of days, I also had the (laughs) occasion to uh, get on to I-93 and 95. And I said, okay, let's let's go, autopilot, show me how this works. And it comes time to switch and get off of 93 and transfer on to 95. And it says, warning, unsupported maneuver. And so I have to do it all myself after all. <laughs> so, so far, not really seeing a huge benefit from uh, this Navigate on Autopilot. And it's like, oh, you're telling me that the other lanes are moving faster? Yeah, I kind of noticed that because I look around me when I'm driving. <laughs> uh, so that, that's been a little bit disappointing so, so far. Well, it sounds like maybe you're a conscious driver because I've seen I've seen a lot of people in that are distracted and they are slowing down. It drives me nuts when I'll have the cruise on and somebody will keep coming up to me and then slowing down. And that, then they'll pass me and then they'll slow down. And yes. I'm like, <laughs> like you act like I'm the jerk. It, it, yes. what, by me doing with with, with my cruise on. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. And that and that happens all the time. And you know, it's uh, but we we I what was his name? Eric Schmidt. When he was CEO of Google, he said it best. He's like, the fact that cars need drivers is a bug. <laughs> and you know, people drive like idiots. People are idiots. That's the mm-hmm. problem. So we're trying to work around the fact that people are idiots. Yeah, and um, you know, those cars will maybe be a step in that direction. Let's hope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah. What, 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 that, so I've got a, uh, that was a, a topic or two. Why don't you? Uh, why don't we take one of yours now? Okay. Well, I just finished uh, Mike McCallowitz's new book, Clockwork. You're familiar with Mike, right? Mike McCallowitz, yeah, the Pumpkin Plan and the Toilet Paper Entrepreneur. Yeah, that's him. Uh, pumpkin Plan, Profit First. Profit First, right? And then there was a, there was another one. I didn't I didn't read the last one that he wrote. I think I have it on the shelf, but I don't think I read it. Uh, but Clockwork is the, his most recent release. And I think it would actually be right up your alley, alley as far as it's kind of a, uh, a take on, you know, the, the four-hour work week kind of thing. It, it, mm-hmm. But not exactly. You know, it's about setting... It's not a... It's not like Traction, where Traction is an entrepreneurial operating system telling you how to completely run your company. It's talking about getting your company to run so well that you could personally take a month off of work and the company keeps working. I mean, that's kind of the, the premise of it. And it, it's interesting. You know, I don't, uh, I don't know that I ever really want to take off a month of work because that's just a long time off and having to recover and catch up and everything else. But, mm-hmm. but he talks about, you know, why he talks about why you want to do that. And, uh, because if your company could run without you, then it's actually running really well. It's mm-hmm. not, a, it's not focused on, Hey, every, you know, every business owner needs to be able to take a month off. No, they need to be able to, because that means the health of their company is really doing well. Right. And yeah, again, that's, that is a, like you said, that is a principle in, um, uh, the four hour work week that, you know, Tim Ferriss noted that, you know, like once I stepped out of the way, Mm -hmm. nothing happened. (laughs) <laughs> in, in fact, in fact, profits went up. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, okay. And, and I had a similar experience when I went to, um, you know, when I went to Brazil for uh, several months, everything just kind of went along fine. Mm-hmm. Well, so, yeah, because I've, I've recognized that I'm the throttle slash bottleneck and, and I'm trying to remove myself from being that so at least it you know recognizing that there is a problem is is you know a step in the right direction would you call yourself the throttle neck the throttle neck (laughs) maybe so uh but i'm trying to do i'm i'm trying to do better at that and then there's then there's just some problems with the evolution of my company you know that i'm not at a place where somebody else could be the operations manager i couldn't afford to have somebody else being my operations manager to free me up to do the yep. entrepreneurial side of things. And, yeah, and they've done that. Yeah. So, I mean, and then you can say, well, you, yeah, it's, it's the whole premise of like, you got to spend money to make money. Well, that's not true. <laughs> you, know, you got, sometimes you just, sometimes it's hard and you have to work hard. I, yep. I know that's a terrible thing to say, <laughs> yep. but it's yep. getting there. It's getting there. So I, that was a good book, and uh, you know, I wouldn't mind. Uh, I wouldn't mind like doing a entrepreneurial book club with you know with a couple of guys who wanted to really try to do that, and we kind of be the support for each other on that. I think that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I, I've been thinking about that too. <laughs> With my girlfriend pursuing her MBA, I've been going back to this list, the uh, what's it called? I think the do it yourself MBA. Mm-hmm. 
and um, you know, I'm all about book book clubs and stuff like that. But lately, I've been trying to read books less unless I'm actually going to um, uh, act on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless it's just you know entertaining. Yeah. So um, you know, so that's. Uh, but you know, I'd like to read stuff if there's things that I can get action out of it. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten almost to the point of where I want to look at book summaries again. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first dot com that I was um, uh, involved in was a book summary generation site. Mm-hmm. So that's what they did. They basically they had you know reviewers and editors reading and summarizing books, and they were selling the content. Mm-hmm. And um, I never actually looked at the content because the stuff they were doing wasn't of any interest to me. <laughs> uh, but I'd be curious, you know, like these days, I I could definitely. Uh, get a lot of you know value out of like you know some the distilled stuff because every time you buy a book a lot of books these days are just full of like well you know the first half here's all the backstory here's the history here i'm like no no just just cut me to the last 10 pages and you know like give me the good (laughs) stuff right there yeah and um so that's uh you know that's where i'm at is like i don't want to have to read a hundred books if mm-hmm. you, know, you can just give me the pr- like, you know, the, the, the four hour work week or, um, you know, the pumpkin plan. Well, no, it wasn't the pumpkin plan. I mean, the pumpkin plan essentially like, you know, in a nutshell, it's focus on your your niche and your best customers and just focus all your effort on those and throw away the rest. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Do you need to read an entire book to get any more out of that? Is, is there anything else to take away out of the pumpkin plan? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think it would be, I, I think the rest of the book is making the argument. So it, exactly, yeah. exactly. That's just it, you know. And um, like the four-hour work week, it's it's jam-packed with stuff. But like you know, so there, it's hard to take away one lesson. But um, you know, you could say like um, it's deal, delegate, or wait, no, define. Um, <clears throat> let's see, wait, del del define, eliminate, automate, liberate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, define what it is that you need to do and what you want, what you're trying to do. Eliminate anything that is not working towards that goal. And you can apply that to a bunch of things. You can apply that to like, you know, like I'm eliminating these clients because they're not profitable or because they're a pain in the butt. Right. Um, automate all functions that you can automate. And again, eliminate all the other stuff. I'm doing that a lot at uh, the hospital now. I'm like, why are we doing this? Why do we have people going in on a daily basis and manually um, uh, quarantine, uh, clearing out quarantines mm-hmm. in our uh, endpoint end solution? Like, well, it's it, it. Sometimes it can be helpful to. I'm like, yeah, but the quarantines clean themselves up after every 14 days. <laughs> yeah. Right. Let it, also, let it go. Yeah, let it exactly. go. <laughs> let it go. And, and then I have another guy who, um, on a, every month, goes around manually surveying hundreds of kiosks to track down people who have left themselves logged in. <laughs> so when I first got there, I said, that sounds like a waste of time. Here's a formula for calculating how many of these systems you actually need to visit to get an accurate statistical sampling of percentages of people leaving themselves logged in. I have a script for your job. <laughs> Wait for it. Yeah. 
so so he did that and then he, he didn't i wouldn't say he really got in trouble but then i was told like well the reason that he does these audits is to walk around and tell people hey you know doofus you left yourself logged in and i said i have a better idea <laughs> why don't we log them out? <laughs> yeah or lock their machines when they do something stupid because you're not going to train these people you mm -hmm. know it's just like having a policy and not having enforcement is just dumb you mm -hmm. are setting yourself up for failure given given enough time even the most well-meaning employee will violate your policies yep you know? it's like having speed limit signs and never having anyone enforcing the speed limit so <laughs> so yeah. And it, it just so happens that there's a group policy that once somebody's been sitting idle for so many hours, it'll auto-log them out. Amazing, huh? It's amazing. Uh -huh. <laughs> you, you don't even have to write a special script. Yeah. You just so, turn it on. <laughs> exactly. So these are the kind of things that I'm trying to do. And, uh, and now they're, they're, they're realizing that I'm spending a lot of time doing low-level stuff, you know, for the hospital. And they're like, oh, we really want you to be higher up. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, put it on paper and then start acting, you know, acting on some of these things. Don't make me be the first person, you know, to asks ask for answers to stupid questions and stuff it's yeah. it's the uh the the movie the office or uh, yeah the office with i've never seen that oh yeah. you have to yep. it, it's yep. totally worth i mean it's it's a cult film for for us i mean yeah there's the part oh there's a part in there and the guy's getting real upset i take the papers from the engineers. Oh, no, 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 no. That's office space. Office space. Office space. Oh, yeah, I know yeah. That. yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. PC load letter. What the fuck <laughs> does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, the. Uh, I, I'm a people. I'm a people person. I take I have skills. Damn it! <laughs> yes, and, and again, that's, that's exactly it. You know, and there's so much of that. I was on a call um, last week with uh, the head of our operators. You know, the overnight shift people. Mm -hmm. um, and we found out that right now the procedure for adding a new um, device, you know, getting approval to use this this uh, the, some hardware, it comes to the security team. The security team vets it. They kick it over to data communications, and all data communications does is pass it on to the operators. <laughs> and I said, and nobody at any time ever thought to say, hey, security, why don't you just pass this straight to the operators? Uh huh. Of course, I'm taking it one step further. I'm like, why don't we give our process to the operators and say, follow this? Mm-hmm. And now we're out of the picture altogether. There you go. Brilliant. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I did. I did read another book too. I read two books. That, so I, my wow. goal is to is to read one nonfiction book per month. Okay. Um, and I think I kind of slacked off last month, so I figured I needed to do two this month. Uh, but I read the book Giftology. Shoot, okay. I can't think of that dude's name right now. Uh, but it was it was pretty good. It's it's part of making uh, intentional gift giving as part of your uh, sales process. Okay. And, and how you've been doing it wrong. You know, for example, uh, the gifts are supposed to be about the person receiving it. So if I send you a coffee mug with my logo on it, yes. it how special is that to you really 
I mean, <laughs> you know, wow, green. I hate green. My favorite is actually purple. And why do I want their logo on it? Why wouldn't I have my own logo or something custom customized that says Peter's mug or, you know, <laughs> something. <laughs> so it was, you know, it was pretty much common stuff, but it was actually a really good book. And it's a short book. So you could read it in no time. Yep. All right. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm familiar with that part. That uh, the, uh, the the concept. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's it's an old concept, and you know he kind of brings up you know back to the and I've had a business advisor tell me you should be writing hand notes to your clients, and I'm like, dude, I totally agree with you. I'm not gonna say you're wrong. I don't have time for that. I mean. And I'm not that sensitive. I don't, you know, I don't cue into their needs and wants. I'm really just busy. And yep. and actually, that's a problem. I mean, for me to be so busy that I can't pay attention to clients' needs and wants, and then I'm not cueing into their needs and wants. Plus, so, it's a fine line, though, because if you are going towards having a standard product offering... You know, if that's going to be your your attack, you know, plan. You don't want to be getting. You, know, you once you get all of this criteria, you have to boil it down and look for like common points of intersection. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to say like, oh, this person wishes that we had, you know, like X Y Z features. So now we're going to offer it to anybody, and they're the only ones who want it. Yeah. You know, so you like see like, oh, we have 10 different clients who are looking for this. Well, if 10 different clients want this, then there's probably others. Okay, we should offer them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and I wouldn't, I was primarily talking about their, their life, not sure. not necessarily our service offering. I, I mean, well, of course I need to listen to that though. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I was going to say, but isn't that the whole, you know, the whole point though, is this is getting you sort of keyed into what people want. And I would expect that you would want to tap carry this into your uh you know your, your offering your, yeah. your service well and i had a guy or i had a client they were really small uh but they wanted some cabling run and i told them i said well we don't do cabling i said but i've got partners who do cabling and mm-hmm. they do a really good job they'll come in here we work with them all the time they'll bill you directly and they're like why don't you do it and i said well for one it's a totally specialized field compared to me. I mean, I'm a specialized field. The same guys on your computer are not the same guys that are going to be running your cable. Now they can, but yep. I am, you know, I'm using an expensive technician to run cable when a, you know, a, a lesser educated person could run your cable. I said, so it's not practical. It's not a practical business thing. He, he's like, well, I'm just saying, you know, it would make. It'd be. I think it'd be good for business if if it was just all yours. You know, I'm like, well, okay. I guess we'll have differing opinions. I mean, why don't you know? They were a printer. I'm like, well, why aren't you making your own plastic? <laughs> you know. I mean, you know, for something like that, though, I would. The way I did it is like when I would have cabling jobs, or when I still do come across a cabling job, I just have a contractor. I just I just outsource that and just have a subcontractor come in and do it. Yeah. And then, uh, from, my, from my customer's perspective, like, yeah, okay, it's done. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, and I could do that, but I just try to be transparent with it because it, it the result is the same. It's somebody that I have a relationship with, and they're going to do good work. It's not a, well, get in the phone book and look up cablers and find someone. I don't care who you use. You know, <laughs> it's like yep. I've set up the softball. All you got to do is pay for it. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> that was a poor analogy. It didn't. They didn't even match. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you just uh, you just shot a hole in one with that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's no rocket surgeon, that's for sure. <laughs> so, moving on. Uh huh. Enterprise software. Okay, that's the good stuff. What is what does that mean to you? Uh, to me, I, the first thing that I think of when I think of enterprise software is I think of large scale and okay. expensive. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we're we're working towards the definition here, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know. Let's see. Let's, let's go to Wikipedia for starters. Enterprise software, also known as enterprise application software, is computer software used to satisfy the needs of an organization rather than the individual users. Such organizations include businesses, schools, interest-based groups, clubs, charities, and governments. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's an interesting way to start off, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my my um, my definitions uh, tend to uh, come down to expensive and freaking hard to use. <laughs> well, yeah, and I, I would agree with the definitely hard to use, but I usually think support too. I think of a maintenance contract and somebody's oh. going to support this crazy big thing. Oh, sorry, uh, that goes without saying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's more like a relationship. Mm-hmm. You're you're not buying a piece of software. You're buying. It's kind of like buying a spouse. <laughs> yeah, that um, doesn't work out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and oftentimes, neither does enterprise software. <laughs> so, and just like everything we use, uh, you know, like I, I mean, they tend to be very customizable and stuff, but. It seems to me like we have these form building software uh, stuff that, that the hospital uses. And WordPress and a plugin is so much more efficient and easier to use. It's not funny. Yeah. Frankly, some days it feels like HTML and a freaking CGI script would be easier for me to deploy <laughs> this thing. And, and oh man, it's just it's amazing like the different stuff that we have. But you know, like so many of these um, things, you know, you buy enterprise software these days, and and really what you're buying is a platform. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you think you're buying a house, but what you just bought was a foundation and a bunch of um you know a bunch of building materials and maybe some if you're lucky some blueprints yeah but often you don't get those blueprints you certainly don't get the contractors to come along and you know assemble all of these houses um you don't get the plot of land you don't get the zoning laws and approvals and all these other things mm-hmm. so there's a lot of different stuff that um you know that you don't get right. when when you um, you know when you buy something like this, and um, you know I've heard it. There was an anecdotal story that a state one time bought uh, spent a quarter million dollars on um, Oracle, uh-huh. and then found out that it was an annual subscription, and they thought it was a one-time purchase. <laughs> Uh, which I made some happy taxpayers, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, but um, you know, it's it, the thing is like there's just there's a lot that goes into these things, and you know, like whenever you buy this, you know, an enterprise piece of enterprise software or whatever, it's it's a project, and some of this happens for small businesses too. Mm-hmm. Like 
when we tried, you know, we had that that year long period in hell called ConnectWise. <laughs> Yeah. That was, you know, that was, that really was, a, a, it was an enterprise, you know, uh, dabbling of enterprise software. And it was terrible. It mm-hmm. was absolutely terrible. It wasn't planned right. We never were told of, you know, like, we, we did not set expectations properly because we, we had no idea what they are. You know, we were just told, you need to buy this. And we bought this and didn't realize that I needed like a full-time person to get the thing up and running, which was just overkill when there were only three or four users. Yeah. Well, the good thing is, you know how to do it now. <laughs> I also know what to avoid. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, so, so that, that was just an aside. But related to that, you um, do you ever use Visual Studio? I haven't used Visual Studio in a long time, but I have a client uh, that currently does use Visual Studio. Okay. So I have a client who also asked recently for uh, a, you know, an upgrade to Visual Studio, but they had some questions. Mm-hmm. Now, whenever anybody has some questions about a Microsoft product, that's kind of like saying you need to buy enterprise software. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, well, I don't know. I probably won't know the answers, but I have contacts, right? So mm-hmm. I asked my questions of my uh, Microsoft representatives and I got, as I expected, conflicting answers. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Really? Like- yeah. So Microsoft Visual Studio, if you're not familiar with that's their development platform. So if you're a developer and you're developing code on, you know, like for Windows systems, you're probably using Visual Studio. If not, you're using, you know, a competitor's product. Right. For the kind of software stuff I do personally, like I'm writing PowerShell scripts or Perl scripts or PHP or something. I just need a text editor. You know, I don't I don't need something like this generally. But every now and then we'll get involved in a software project and we need some, you know, we need Visual Studio. So let's say you want to buy Visual Studio. If you go to visualstudio.microsoft.com slash VS slash pricing, <coughs> you can see you have some options. There's cloud subscriptions. There's standard subscriptions. There's cloud versus standard subscriptions. And there's standalone license. So these are your buying options. So I think it's funny that they give you three buying options plus a way to differentiate the buying options in a column along with the buying options, <laughs> right? So yeah. that's how it reads along the website. It's like cloud subscriptions, standard subscriptions, cloud versus standard subscriptions, standalone license. So okay. those are your options. And you know, they, they're they just like, it's very convoluted as is often the case with Microsoft documentation. I don't know what it is with Microsoft, but their their directions are sometimes just some of the worst. You know, I don't know if you've ever encountered that, if you've had to go read through knowledge base articles and stuff, but the, yes. a lot of the Microsoft how-to documentation, it's just really, really convoluted. And I mean, it's it's been consistently like that for like 20 years. So I don't know if the, this is just part of the Microsoft culture that, you know, they make sure that, you know, if you're going to write, make sure that no one can read what you're saying. This is great, yeah. I usually don't have that problem. I usually have the problem is once you do this, everything will be wonderful is what I experience. I'm like, and I get to that step and I'm like, it's not wonderful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, you obviously missed a step that we dug in and hid in there and you didn't see, right? It wasn't written. It was implied. Right. Um, so what, what the one that comes to mind is I need to dig up and see if we can still find the um, uh, 
the the thing, but there was a knowledge base article that came out when they were changing daylight saving time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of uh, software had this hard coded into, you know, the dates. It's like, oh, it's the first, well, I forget what it is now. But they moved it. You know, it used to start in what February and November, and then they, or no, started in uh, March and November, and then they moved, you know, March and October, and then they moved it to February and November. Right. Right. So, so they moved all these things around, <clears throat> and there was this article on Microsoft's support you know, uh, site on how to reconfigure Windows 2000 to make this happen and you know, how to support the new daylight saving times. And I remember, you know, at the time having to go through cause there was a lot of windows 2000 out there. Yeah. And oh my, it hurt, you know, like trying to follow the steps in this direction. It was like going through a maze. <laughs> and, and I remember going through that and, and then I was listening to a podcast. They, um, I think they stopped around a hundred episodes or so. It was called casting from the server room. It's a bunch of sys admins that would you know get together and, and podcast, mm-hmm. and I just remember one of the episodes they started talking about that. They're like, "Do you uh, do the daylight the daylight saving time update?" And I was like, "Yeah." And they're like, "What is wrong with that Microsoft article? I couldn't find." <laughs> and I was just like, "Ah, brothers, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not just me." Yeah, <laughs> oh, it was amazing though. It's just so incredibly convoluted. Mm-hmm. So. I guess that's my rant for today. <laughs> well, I do have a, a nifty that uh, I found kind of... Well, so I needed... I re, or I joined BNI again. Um, that's a kind of a different story, but uh, mm-hmm. I needed to scan in all these cards because I didn't really want to type in, you know, 32 cards sure. into the system. I'm like, hey, I could scan them in, and I have a card scanner. Well, my card scanner doesn't work on anything past windows 7 so like oh there's got to be a driver for that uh well there's one for up to windows 8 there's not one for windows 10 and then i went to the manufacturer i'm like okay well maybe i'll just buy another card scanner well they don't even sell them anymore Hmm. it's like what i said i said i know what happened i mean there's got to be an app for that and it's driven the market away you know it's I was like, it's got to be an app. You take a picture with your phone, and it adds it in as a contact. Voila. Mm-hmm. And, and there is. And uh, there's a couple of them out there. But the uh, card scan, is, card, what's it called? It's called card scan, I believe that's cam card. So I've started using cam card and importing the contacts. And, man, it's really easy to use. And I, I like it because I can use my iPad so I can scan it and then pull my iPad up with the keyboard you know, because it's it's a bummer typing on your fo- on your cell phone when you when there's got to be corrections. So mm-hmm. so it'll work with the iPad and it'll go. So that's pretty nifty. I um I use the Evernote scannable app for that for cards. Do you? Yeah. And I knew there. I mean, I knew that something had to have replaced the market because it. Yeah. You know, it just it was gone. I'm like okay, something yep. replaced it. Although yep. the thing that I miss. Is like if you have a bunch of cards, like if you've been at a trade show or something, and you know how you have 75 cards you want to scan in, my old card scanner had a feeder, so I could put it in there and go, foop, 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 there you go. <laughs> pull them in. So so yep. there would still be a market for that, but I guess I guess not. It seems like there would be a market for that, but I guess not. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there is. Mm-hmm. It's just 
it just may not apply to you and and, and me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so cool. <clears throat> ah, what else we got? Anything else? Uh, clockwork. I think we hit on most of the uh, the topics. Yeah, yeah, we did. You know the uh, we called it the the Seinfeld episode. The it's pod- it's a show about nothing. Yeah, podcast about nothing. Podcast about nothing. That's and there's your title. That that's the title. <laughs> Podcast about nothing. <laughs> All right. So uh, we didn't even get onto like the Apple announcements. Yeah, well, I I didn't see that. So I mean, so okay, tell we me. We just got a couple minutes. Let's wrap up with that. Um, so Apple has refreshed the um, the MacBook Air. Uh huh. Um, and you know it looks nice. Of course, you know my old MacBook is running just fine right now. The thing that disappoints me is the the fact that the MacBook Air it's only available in 13 inch form factor, and I'm really partial to the 11 and a half inch form factor. Okay. It seems like everyone's getting away from that now. So um, they also uh, refreshed the iPad Pro. You know, it's bigger, better, yada yada yada. Uh-huh. And after what four or five years, they uh, finally uh, refreshed the Mac Mini. Okay. You know, so the Mac Mini is now new, and it's a lot more powerful. But people are complaining that it's still really expensive. And um, and they dropped uh, iOS 12.1, so they finally included things like um, multiple uh, FaceTime, mul- multiple group FaceTime features, which they had promised uh, back in the day, but it wasn't uh, ready for iOS 12. Okay, so here it is. So you had sent me to buyersguide.macrumors.com. Correct. Yeah, it's so, so cool. Well, they've got 11-inch iPad Pro. Oh, that's yes. That's interesting. Yep. <laughs> the thing is, though, it, it really looks. I mean, you know, maybe it's in the same boat as the Mac Mini. The iPad Mini hasn't been updated since uh, what 2014. Yeah, it says don't and, buy. <laughs> yeah, it says don't buy, and you know, the thing is, it said don't buy now for like the last three years. Yeah. So that see the thing is the Mac Mini, I mean the iPad Mini, it's my favorite form factor for like reading, like ebooks and the like, mm-hmm. and uh, lightweight web surfing and email and stuff. It was great, and uh, I thought I was the only person you know who felt that way. And then I was listening to the latest episode of Security Now, and Steve Gibson was saying, "Yeah, my preferred way to read is uh, you know like Kindle books and stuff is on a, you know my iPad Mini." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, it wasn't just me, huh?" Yeah. Um, yeah, so 2015 was was when it was released, September yep. 2015. Okay, so three years. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I don't know. I'm, I'm, t- I'm, I don't want to buy an 11 inch just to say it's too big, because uh, the the 12 inch is really too big uh, yep. to be ultra portable. Yeah. It's can it's it's nice as kind of a laptop replacement, but I still wish Apple would please give us a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> I know they won't, but ask anyway. I'd love a mouse. I could replace, I could replace, or I could use a 12-inch iPad for my uh, for for a traveling desktop if I had a mouse. Just because I have to actually do a bunch of work, my finger gets tired of pressing everywhere I need to press. Well, I think you can with third-party stuff, can't you? Like with a Bluetooth adapter or a Lightning adapter, can't you use a mouse? I don't think so. Uh, I mean, every every time I've looked it up, I have. Seen but there's the no opposite. cursor, though. That's the thing. Yeah, that's right. There's no cursor. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing to click on or, or drag around. So no, of course you can't. 
But you can, no, okay, you can, um, all right, so according to simple, you can do things like drag and uh, drag select ob objects and stuff. No, mm -hmm. you, you can't. Yeah, I don't know what you would do with the mouse because there's no there's no pointer. So what was I thinking? Yeah, I mean it'd be That's great. <laughs> so I think I'm gonna have to check out the 11 inch iPad Pro because I I like I really like my 10 inch. Yeah. Uh, well, so mine's a the previous was a 10 and a half inch and this is 11, so it'd be just a little bit bigger, which would probably be okay. But the 12.9, that's a really big iPad. Yeah, I mean, it's like a 13-inch laptop, you know? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, if it's going to be that big, I would want to just stick with something like a MacBook Air. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, that's that's what I would want, so. Yeah, because I'm not ever, I'm not traveling to a conference again without taking a real device with me because mm -hmm. I got stuck. I mean, I just got stuck at a at a conference uh, in September and one of my guys was out on medical leave so I kind of had to step in and help and mm -hmm. trying to do that from my iPad was just just way way more tedious yeah. than it needed to be yep it's it's not there yet I mean you know and, and that's 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 just the sad fact of computer life yep although they did not they did say that the iPad now is the best-selling computer like in the world Really, it is outselling um, all other laptops and tablets. Wow! Which I guess it means including the MacBook Air. <laughs> so. Cool. Well, it is. Uh, it is about that time. I got to jump on to my next call. So okay. I am going to let you go. But listener, before we go. Uh, if you have any feedback for us, like if you want to tell me how dumb I was for briefly thinking that, you know, you could use um, a mouse with an iPad. Um, <laughs> Adam, what's your email address? It is. <laughs> so, you can find us at blurringthelinespodcast.com. There's a feedback form. There's links, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, drop us a line. Give us any feedback. If you have suggestions for uh, topics you'd like to see us or hear us cover, that's fine. Um, you, know, you can direct all uh, negative feedback to Adam and uh, all compliments and praise uh, to Peter. Sure thing. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, uh, it is past time for me to push the big red button. To contact either us or our guests, visit BlurringTheLinesPodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast. And leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.